Good morning, class. Hi, I'm Keith Moore, and we welcome you to this edition of uh, Faith School. Faith School is the place where my spirit gets fed. My faith grows stronger, and I learn how to be an overcomer. Uh, no matter where you are in your faith walk, there's always more to learn. There's always more growth to develop in. And what you'll notice is uh, when you grow, things that previously seemed impossible, unreachable to you, so hard to you, when your faith gets bigger, it seems doable, reachable, even easy. <laughs> because you quit depending so much on yourself and you learn how to depend on the greater one inside you. Hallelujah. That makes all the difference. Get your Bible, come into the classroom with us, and let's get some more light today. Father, thank you for the opportunity, for the privilege, knowing you, the ministry of your Spirit and your wonderful Word. Feed us, show us, and we'll receive it and respond in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Look with me in Mark 7. Again, please, we, we've been on this account of healing for some days now. The healing of the man that was deaf and had a speech impediment. And let's continue in this study. Verse 31 says, again, departing from the coast of Tyre and Zidon, he, talking about Jesus, came from the Sea of Galilee through the midst of the coast of Decapolis. They bring to him one that was deaf and had an impediment in his speech, and they beseech him to put his hand upon him. We see the results of this account, but just stopping right here, many would think, well, if you're deaf, uh, really deaf and really blind, then you just have to learn to live with that, and, and you, you can't be, you know, become perfect hearing or perfect sight. Well, that's just talking about what men know and what human beings know and can do. Just because we can't make something happen doesn't mean the one who created us can't make something happen. And so we see case after case after case that would have been considered incurable, unfixable, something people would just have to adjust to and, and live with. And yet, in a moment of time, they were completely, like this man, can hear perfectly, can speak perfectly in just a couple of moments later. Isn't this amazing? Could it happen again? Yes. It is happening. Every generation has seen cases of this kind of thing happen. Every generation. But not everywhere like we see in this regions where there's so much unbelief. It stifles and it hinders and quenches the work of the Lord and, and faith and miracles. Which is why you want to be fed on the right thing. and You want to fellowship with people of faith. And, and you want to grow and develop so that you can receive. He said, uh, they bring to him 
the one that was deaf and had the impediment, they beseech him to put his hand upon him. He took him aside from the multitude and he spit and touched his tongue. And we've talked about that uh, in previous classes that why would he do that? Well, because he saw himself do it. He saw the Father direct him to do it. The Spirit prompted him to do it. And uh, it's hard to argue with results, right? If you think, well, I, I don't know that he should have done it that way. Well, how do you do it? Huh? And how's your results? <laughs> I mean, the, uh, the results prove that he did exactly the right thing, right? Exactly the right thing, the right way. He looked up to heaven then and he sighed. That's interesting, isn't it? He sighed. Uh, why, why did he sigh? What, what's the purpose of that? Um, if you look over in the eighth chapter, we, we see another reference to this. In Mark 8 and verse 11, and also give us some insight as to perhaps why. The Pharisees came forth and began to question with him, seeking of him a sign from heaven, tempting him. And he sighed deeply in his spirit. What did he do? He went, <sighs> about what? Their unbelief. The Lord finds unbelief irritating. Hmm? And wearisome. And so should we. Right? Uh, how many think we should like what he likes? Despise what he despises, right? Embrace what he likes and loves, reject what he hates. We should. Well, you've got to find out what he likes first before you'd even know that, what to do with it. So we see some of the Lord's strongest responses showing his disapproval and displeasure at unbelief and coupled with hardness of heart. And that's what happens when you, we talked about this past classes, that you can see two major different kinds of unbelief. One is unbelief because of ignorance. You just didn't know. The other is a unwillingness to believe, just a stubbornness. And that's what you see really uh, irritated the master. Uh, even among his own, 12, there were times when he said, you're, you're slow to believe. And he would upbraid them for their unbelief and their hardness of heart. And you, you'll see that uh, it's a, a resisting against all of this uh, condemnable unbelief. Unbelief is one of the worst plagues in the earth. It's just everywhere. And people just drip with it. And what do you mean? Negativity. Being critical. Fault finding. And just this, it's never going to work. Never going to work. No way. No how. Lord deliver us. <laughs> right? From all these negative folks. And especially the closer you get to God and the more you start thinking like Him 
And the more your faith develops, the more it'll bother you too. You're like, come on. How long is it going to take you to get on board? Right? You've heard five, you know, 50 sermons on this. Come on. You know this is right. Come on. And yet a lot of people, well, I just don't know about that. It's annoying. It's irritated. It irritated the Lord. Don't be surprised when it irritates you. If it doesn't bother you, that's because you're still part of the unbelieving crowd. <laughs> and you need to catch up. So, uh, and there's other things going on. You know, in Romans 8, just turn over there. Romans 8, we, we hear something about the ministry of the Spirit that can be a part of these things. In Romans 8, verse 26... It says, likewise, the Spirit helps our infirmities. Now, that doesn't mean sickness. That means that's just weakness. And then he goes on to tell you specifically what weakness he's talking about. For we know not what we should pray for as we ought. That's one of the biggest weaknesses of human beings is what we don't know. But the Spirit itself, most other translations say himself, makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. There are things that go on in your spirit that um, it's, you're not able to articulate. You're not able to put in specific words. And that's, thank God, that's where praying in the spirit comes in. And there will be times that something it happens inside you and you're just like, I need to pray. Uh, and you don't, you won't know why. Did you see that? Don't know. Don't know for what, like they ought. You won't know, but you know, I need to get something or we need to pray about something or something needs to be changed or something needs to be stopped. And sometimes you'll feel like a groan or you'll, or a sigh. Don't just shut that down and squelch it. Get off to yourself privately where you won't bother anybody and pray. And if you need to pray for a while, pray for a while until you get a sense of the answer. And you still may not know what it was all about, but you'll know whatever it is. We've prayed about it, especially if you're praying in the Spirit. We've prayed about it and you have a sense of victory and a note of the answer and many times later, sometimes the same day, sometimes the same week, something will happen and the Lord will intervene and you go, that was it. That was, that's, I, that's bound to be what we were praying about. You'll have a witness. Spiritual things are real, but they are beyond our, our intellect and our understanding. And so uh, the Amplified of Romans 8.26 says, the Spirit himself... Uh, goes to meet our supplication, pleads in our behalf with unspeakable yearnings and groanings too deep for utterance. There are spiritual things that we can sense that we can't articulate. We can sense them, but we don't understand them. They're bigger than our understanding. So what do you do? You yield to it and you say, Lord, help me. Help me to pray about this. Help me to see what I need to see. And so something's going on here where Jesus takes this man aside 
Gets him away from the crowd, away from interruptions and distractions and unbelief. He sees himself putting his fingers in his ears. So he does. How many would say, Jesus can put his finger in my ear anytime? Anytime. Because <laughs> if he puts his finger in your ear, it's because you need his finger in your ear. You need something, right? And then he spit, and I suppose it said he touched his tongue, so he must have put it on his fingers or something and, and touched the man's tongue. Why? Something's wrong with his tongue. And then he looks up to heaven. I mean, something's going on. Something's going on. Hallelujah. And then he, he speaks. Oh, somebody said he speaks. He speaks. Be open. And that was it. Everything that needed to happen, happened. Within seconds, milliseconds, it happened. Anything that needed to be created or changed, if some, some of his DNA needed to be involved in a creation or recreation of the man's tongue or his vocal cords or whatever, if eardrums needed to be uh, created that he wasn't born with, I don't know, but whatever it was, it happened right then. Hallelujah. And Jesus did it as a man, didn't he? Following the Holy Spirit under the anointing, in the authority. Somebody says, well, I, in a, I'm not Jesus. I don't have that kind of authority. If you're a believer, yes, you do. He's the head and we are the body. Whoever heard of the head's got authority, but not the neck? No. You can't say, my head is Keith all day, but not my belly, not my arm. Sorry, arm. <laughs> Certainly not my foot. No, you are not Keith. Don't you start acting like you're Keith. Yes, yes, the bottom of my little toe is Keith. Yes. Is that right? Yes. And has the name of Keith and has whatever Keith has. Because yes. it's part of the same body. You, child of God, are part of the body of Christ. He is the head and you are the body. So whatever he is, you are. As he is, so are you in this world. And the authority the head has, has been delegated to the whole body. He said when he rose from the dead, all authority has been given to me in heaven and earth. And then he said, so you go. What does him getting authority have to do with us going? And preaching the gospel and laying hands, hands on the sick and casting out death. Can you see he delegated that authority yes. to his body, yes. to his church? We have it. What does that mean? It means, just like he said in John, he that believes on me, the works I do, you'll do also. Do we believe it or not? Yes. Does he expect these kind of things to happen again? in successive generations. Of the, does he expect it? Do we see these kind of things happening in the book of Acts? We do see these kind of amazing things. Peter's shadow falls on people and they get up and walk away healed. Hallelujah. Now there's a whole lot of folks, all they want to do is build statues to the apostles 
and enshrine and say, put everybody on those 12. Well, they could do that, but not you. Don't you try that at home. No, no. It's not just the person. It is the authority in the name. Do we still have the name? It is the power of the Holy Spirit. Do we still have the Holy Spirit? It is the power of the Word. Do we still have the Word of God? Then these things should still be happening. That we can't do them differently than he did it. We'll have to do it the same way that he did by fellowshipping with God, hearing, seeing, responding. But think about it. Be open. Hallelujah. And just like that, was this man's life changed or was his life changed? He is no longer a deaf person. He is no longer impaired hearing. Huh? And immediately the string of his tongue, it says, was loosed and he could speak plainly. He didn't have to take any speech therapy. Hmm? This is a miracle, right? I mean, immediately, he, uh, the implication is that he stuttered or stammered just couldn't form words, just couldn't, he, his speech is impeded. Not now. Not now. I don't know how long he had been deaf, but don't you know it was wonderful for it to hear Jesus speak? Hallelujah. Don't you know it's wonderful? And then when he went to say, oh, thank you, thank you. He said, thank you. Perfect enunciation of thank you. Hallelujah. Jesus understood what he said. Didn't have to say it five times and stammer around. Oh, thank you, Lord. Delivered from impairment. Is God this good to anybody that will believe it? Or is it his will that some people remain impaired and limited? It is not. Now, I know that there's impairment all over the planet. I know that. But it doesn't mean it's got, there are lost people all over the planet too. And it's not God's will for them to be lost. But many have not accepted these kind of teachings and preaching. They've accepted this kind of word. Or they just flip by it. And like we said before, if you respect this word enough, it'll heal you. Even if you're not there to receive it right now, it'll, this word that you're hearing today is a seed. It'll get down in you. And if you'll nourish it and water it once in a while. Now, if one of these classes really ministers to you, maybe even more than some of the others, listen to that one again. Y'all with me, class? And again. Maybe 20 times. I mean, listen, why? Because it wasn't just me waving my hands. The Lord was saying something to you that was specifically quickened your spirit. Elsewise, I can't, I can't do that to your spirit. That's the Lord that did that. So whatever that was, you want to go, oh, that was something I needed. That was something, uh, that, that's why people say, oh, so-and-so's my favorite preacher or teacher. Well, no, uh, we're all just ministers that God uses. The reason you feel that way is because he used them to minister something to you you really needed. And it wasn't them. It was him through them. Can you see that? And so if it was him, don't just go, man, I enjoyed that. What's next? No, get, pull it out again, right? Because it'll feed you again. And what it'll do is a seed uh, was planted in you with that. Now you want to keep watering that seed 
until it develops fully. And when it develops fully, you will no longer question God's will. You will be rid of the doubt and the double-mindedness and wavering. And that's when you get miracles. That's when you'll be prompted to say something like this. Be open. Yes. Hallelujah. Could I say something? Yes, you can. Yes, you can. Now, if you just say it off the top of your head, there's no power in it. But when the Lord prompts you to say it, can you see this? When the Lord prompts you to say it, because you're, maybe you're in a time of prayer or you're just all at once the Spirit of God quickens you and, and you, you lay your hands on your knee and you say, knee, be restored. Yes. Did you hear this word? Be, be, yes. be. See, that's reminiscent of Genesis. Light be. Hallelujah. Be opened. Glory to God. It's, your body is your body. And you have more authority and say over it than anybody else. And when you learn how, you'll speak to it. And if your kidney's not working right, you say, kidney, you listen to me. <laughs> you're my kidney. And you're the Lord's kidney. Because you're part of the temple of the Holy Ghost. And I command you, be restored. Work right. Function normally. Can you say amen, class? Again, not just empty words, but when you believe it, when you're fully convinced of it, then there's an anointing on it. Then something happens. Something changes. If you look back at chapter 7, he said, be opened, verse 35. And straightway, immediately, his ears were opened, and the string of his tongue was loosed, and he spoke plainly. Somebody say, thank you, Lord. 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 And uh, so here this man is hearing and speaking plainly as though there was never anything wrong with him. How quickly things can change. And so then Jesus looked at him and charged him that he should not tell anyone. Tell no man. Now, he didn't always tell people that. Uh, sometimes, uh, like the, the man that was delivered, the so-called madman of Gadara, he told him to go back and tell people what the Lord had done for him. Remember that? And how the Lord had had compassion on him. But here, he tells him, don't. And you might say, well, why? And it goes on to say, the more he told them not to, the more they ignored him and broadcast it. Now, I don't know what their thinking and reasoning was, but it was wrong. Hmm? They were not right in ignoring the Lord and not listening to him. And one reason you would say, well, why would he tell them that? Remember the setting of the whole thing. Why did he take the man away from the multitude to start with? Right? And then in the next chapter, he took the man completely out of town. Why? Didn't he also say, don't give that which is holy to the dogs? Right? And don't cast your pearl, pearls before swine. If all they're going to do, if this man comes back and says, I've been healed, I've been healed. If all they're going to do is mock him and make fun of him and call him a liar and despise it, they'd be better off not hearing it, right? Because all they're doing is possibly bringing judgment on themselves. 
making it harder for them to receive. Can you see there's other factors involved in this? And we need to know this about giving our testimonies. You know, there are times, I don't care how real it is to you and, and what, what God has done, there are some people that are just not ready to hear it. Because all they'll do, even if they don't say it, is they think you're a liar. Huh? They think, well, you're just, you're just excited. You got mixed up with that faith school bunch. And you just <laughs> no, there are times uh, we don't need to tell. We don't need to talk because people won't respect it. They won't appreciate it. And so uh, it goes on to say, they published it anyway, but the people were beyond measure astonished, saying, he has done all things well. Don't you like that phrase? He has done all things well. He's done everything beautifully. He's done everything good, everything wonderfully. He makes both the deaf to hear and the dumb to speak. Said out loud, he does everything beautifully. He does everything good and right. He does everything excellently. Hallelujah. Didn't the scripture say in James, every good gift and every what? Perfect gift comes down from above, from the Father of lights with whom is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. If it's good, it's God. Yeah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. If it's perfect, it's Him. Yeah. If it's bad, it ain't God. Right? Yeah. If it's imperfect, it ain't Him. Yeah. It ain't Him. Said out loud, Father, Father I, love I love you. You do all things, do all things. So, perfectly well. so perfectly well. Thank you, Thank you. for the privilege of knowing you. And receiving, from you. and receiving from you. Praise God. Well, that's it. Our time is up again today. But uh, as, you, as, as you've heard, perhaps, we've got a lot more cases to get into. So come back with us next week, and we're going to learn more about faith for healing and faith in God. We'll see you soon back here in Faith School. Really enjoyed being with you again this week. I know our faith is coming from grace to grace to faith to faith. The same principles we've been talking about receiving healing and deliverance, they apply to receiving your finances and material things. I know a number of you are partners with us, and so we are actively believing with you uh, that your needs are met, just like you help the needs of this broadcast to be met. But you can't separate faith from being led by the Spirit. You remember on one occasion, the Lord told Peter, go cast a hook, and that's how they got their tax money. And then another occasion, he told him, cast your nets on this side of the boat, and you'll find. Uh, when we're talking about our business dealings, our job, our contracts, our uh, material pursuits, we must pray and seek the Lord and hear from Him and then go where He directs, do the things He directs, that's the thing that's going to pay off. That's the thing that's going to bring the results and abundance in your life. Father, I pray over our partners and everybody that will receive this, show them and all of us the places to go and the things to do, the specifics, 
where we will reap the harvest from our good seed sown. We thank you for it in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. We're believing with you. We're expecting great things. We'll see you soon right back here in Faith School. Thank you for joining us at Faith School. Class is dismissed for today, but you can watch this and other episodes of Faith School free of charge at faithschool.org. For more information, visit our website or call us at 941-702-7390.